It's Monday, April 4th, and this is Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Stock Advisor, Jason Moser, from Hidden Gems, Charlie Travers, and from Million Dollar Portfolio, Dave Meyer. Guys, happy Monday. Hey, Chris. Hi, Chris. So, we've got some news from Transocean and some additional background information on that special Friday edition of Market Foolery, you may have heard. But, guys, we will begin today with Southwest Airlines. Southwest has canceled more than 600 flights over the past three days in the wake of the incident on Friday, when Southwest Flight 812 was forced to make an emergency landing after a five-foot section of the fuselage skin burst open. Uh, Jason Moser, I will start with you. Southwest is a Motley Fool Stock Advisor recommendation. It is. Two Uh, times, actually. So, what's your reaction? You know, I mean, this was one of those things where I saw it and I thought immediately, this is not the way they want to celebrate their 40th uh, anniversary. But, you know, it is what it is and it's happened. So, the thing I thought about first was, okay, who's going to suffer from this more, uh, Southwest or Boeing? Because Boeing made the planes. Uh, but as we've all seen the headlines today, it's really Southwest that's, that's going to probably pay the price here. But I think it boils down to the basic question of, okay, we know that Southwest is, you know, they're a value provider. And the question that comes from this is, are they cutting corners to provide that value? Because if that's the case, uh, then I th- think we have a bigger issue at hand. So, so whether or not they're, they're cutting any corners to, to you know, be the low-cost provider is, is really going to be something we have to answer. Charlie, let's go back to Boeing for a second here. As Jason mentioned, um, the plane in question is a 737-300 series from Boeing. Just to play devil's advocate, why shouldn't Boeing be getting more scrutiny at this moment? Well, they could, and they, uh, but you know, at the end of the day, they just sell the plane, and they're not responsible for the ongoing uh, maintenance and oversight of the equipment. Uh, you know, just as when we buy a car from Ford or GM, we're responsible for taking care of it while it's on the road. Um, it actually could be a boon for Boeing in the long run uh, because planes undergo massive stress, and they have a finite life, and it will. Uh, put some pressure from the regulators on these airlines to make sure they're upgrading their fleet. And as one of the few remaining aircraft manufacturers in the world, Boeing stands to do well from this in the long run. Dave? So one of the other things is this is one of the older planes in the, in the, in the Southwest fleet and is being um, swapped out right now for the newer planes. Uh, that, could, you know, that could push that cycle forward, uh, especially because Southwest goes from uh, is short haul flights. So these 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 pressure vessels, these fuselages, are are getting a, more cycles than say a long haul carrier like over to Europe, a flight over to Europe. Yeah, I mean Dave makes a great point there. The stress is put on these these uh, short haul carriers between the takeoffs and the landings. I mean those those fuselages are undergoing a lot more stress more frequently. And to Charlie's point there, you know, with Boeing, you know, virtually every plane out there is either a Boeing or an Airbus at this point in the game. Right. So if you're saying that Boeing is going to be liable here, then you might have to take you know, Who else are you going to use? Exactly. You're going to take a, a really big chunk of airplanes out of the sky here. And so it really boils down to the airlines being responsible for constant inspections and making sure that, that those airplanes are safe to go up. Because you're right. I mean, they are they're a limited life and, and they just they don't last forever. Southwest has had a lot of success. Um, when you look at the numbers, when you look at the balance sheet and, and how the stock has done over the years, I mean, this is a company, this is really an anomaly in some ways for the 
the airline industry. It is a stock that has done well over time. Um, Charlie, the stock is down a little bit today, but not all that much. Do you see a buying opportunity here? Uh, generally, I would like greater than a 2% dip to uh, see something as a mouth-watering you know, anomaly where people are freaked out and selling off. Um, but in the long run, Southwest has been consistently profitable, and if people are looking for uh, one of the best of breed in an industry, uh, yeah, you should give it a look. Jason? Yeah, I think it's one who actually uh, you know, looks at the stock on a relatively frequent basis. The one thing I'm going to be paying t- attention to, it's a metric called the load factor, which is actually it's something that takes into account the, the planes that are going and how full they are. And we've seen, you know, over the recent past year, the load factor has been going up, which is a good sign. That means, you know, the planes are fuller. Uh, but, you know, I want to be keeping an eye on that over the short term, at least, because my suspicion is that we'll see this load factor go down, at least for the short term. All right, guys. Uh, remember, we talked recently about BP not giving their executives bonuses for 2010. And, and I, I know that I, among others, uh, sort of, you know, gave them a little bit of a golf clap, like, oh, well, well done. <laughs> well, it turns out the Transocean, the company that operated the Deepwater Horizon oil rig that killed 11 people when it exploded last April, does not feel the same way. Transocean is paying bonuses to its executives and in a filing with the SEC wrote the following. Notwithstanding the tragic loss of life in the Gulf of Mexico, we achieved an exemplary statistical safety record as measured by our total recordable incident rate and total potential severity rate. As measured by these standards, we recorded the best year in safety performance in our company's history, which is a reflection of our commitment to achieving an incident-free environment all the time, everywhere. Charlie Travers. Um, <laughs> wow. I, I'm, I'm almost I don't, speechless, I don't Chris. even have really a question here that I can, <laughs> that, that I can say that doesn't involve profanity. Yeah, it, it makes me think we should, uh, you know, you get like the CEO of the year kind of awards, and we should maybe institute the Trans-Ocean Insensitivity Award, because this is one of the most absurd things I've seen in a long time. Um, you know, by I, I did go through their proxy, and by the metrics they use, um, there it's a, a, a two-prong approach to measure safety. One is the incident rate, which is a measure of frequency. You know how often uh, events occur based on uh, their their measure is out of two hundred thousand hours worked, uh, and then they have a severity rate. So you get a combination of how often things happen and then how bad they are, and you know the the whole uh, comment about notwithstanding nine of our employees died. <laughs> Everything else was okay. Um, that just, just just doesn't fly. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, the play was awesome. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, now, to their credit, okay, uh, you know, the, the media articles I read about this didn't really touch on this. The compensation committee at TransOcean overruled the metrics and gave them a bonus of $0 in 2010 due to the fatality. So I mentioned the incident component and the severity component. Uh, they're split 50-50, and on the incident part, uh, they got $0, even though technically they beat the performance from the prior year. Uh, so it's not as bad as how it was worded. Um, you know, they, they did do the right thing uh, in part, but, man, they could have really used an editor with a heart. Well, and that's the thing, and we were talking about this before we were taping, about how it's one thing if a CEO or an executive says something in the heat of the moment, says something off the cuff. This was an SEC filing. This was a document that presumably uh, dozens of people read. Dozens of people, dozens of lawyers uh, probably looked at at Transocean. 
Uh, Dave, Jason, I mean, does does anything leap to mind that is comparable? I'm just convinced that when I read this the first time, the expression on my face was one that looked like I probably just sucked on a lemon. I just <laughs> couldn't. It just didn't. It didn't look right. I mean, you know, Charlie's right. They they kind of going by the letter of their of their measurement. It was it was okay, but but it just didn't come across well at all. Uh, all four of us are married. Uh, Dave, do, do you feel like this incident with Transocean now buys all four of us permission to make liberal use of the word notwithstanding in conversations <laughs> yeah, yeah. with our wives? A- absolutely. You yeah. know, uh, notwithstanding that uh, that $1,000 thing that I just bought, <laughs> yeah. I'm saving our family money. <laughs> notwithstanding, I forgot our anniversary. <laughs> oh. The other 364 days were great. <laughs> And finally, if you listened to our special Friday edition of Market Foolery, uh, you may have noticed uh, something a little out of step uh, with us changing our investment approach. But hopefully, you looked at the calendar and realized that it was April 1st, April Fool's Day, our holiday that we claim here at The Motley Fool. Woo-hoo! So, just in case there's any confusion, if you listen to that and you still think that we were dead serious, just to set the record straight. We still very much believe in long-term buy-and-hold investing. Wait a minute, what? Uh, (laughs) You didn't get the memo? Hang on a minute. We are not day traders. Uh, We have the utmost respect for Vanguard founder Jack Bogle. Uh, We think the index fund is a great investment vehicle for a lot of investors out there. And sadly, uh, you cannot buy shares of any of the following companies, Wonderpants, Golden Garbage, or Grew Laboratories. Hey, wait. I just bought shares from those guys. <laughs> <laughs> I have a bridge I'd like to sell you as well. Uh, yeah, those companies don't exist. Uh, we did, however, guys, get some great emails from people. Uh, from Chad in Phoenix, who described uh, his various reactions uh, over the opening 90 seconds. Uh, initially, he thought we had gone crazy. Uh, then he thought, well, you know, maybe I, maybe there's uh, some long-term values I can, uh, I can find, or maybe there's a, a way I can make some money. Uh, and then he realized it was recorded on April 1st, uh, and he writes, and I quote, At this point, I laughed mid-swing as I mishit an eight-iron tin-cup style. Oh, did I mention I was listening to this while I was on the driving range? <laughs> so, Chad and Phoenix uh, listening to the podcast while he's on the driving range. Well done, Chad. Well done. That's right. That's multitasking. Uh, right he did go on to say, keep up the good work, and thanks for the moment of levity. And no, I didn't hit anything with my errant eight iron, so your liability insurance is okay. <laughs> so, I think our lawyers will be happy about that. Uh, great note from uh, one of our members here at the Fool, RX Jedi. I was listening to the April Fool's Day special podcast on Saturday on my shuffle, not remembering the day it, not remembering the day it was. I was so incensed, I made my wife listen to it again with me and kept interrupting to comment on how irate I was. She is 10 months pregnant, and I think I almost put her into labor. It ended with me realizing the joke around the time the Wonder Pants symbol was stated, thanks for the minor heart attack and keep up the great work. Um, but just to be fair, just because you know we're all about transparency here at the Motley Fool, not everyone was enamored with our joke. <laughs> we, we did get an email uh, from Jim. I won't give his last name. Uh, who writes? I have a sense of humor. I just think comedy should be left to the professionals. I do not like April Fool's jokes. They often backfire and cause harm when done in the corporate world. Why chance that? My son pulling a prank is okay. But it's not appropriate in the business world. You have lost credibility, and I won't be able to enjoy your podcast anymore. Charlie, any reaction there? 
I we've been doing this for 17 years. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I, frankly, I, the thing that stands out in that email is that uh, Jim seems to believe at one point anyway, we had some credibility, <laughs> which I think is awesome. I mean, that podcast, they really did a great job with it. And, uh, you know, it, every April Fool's, it makes me think back to my very first April Fool's as a member of The Motley Fool. And I fell for the April Fool's joke, hook, line, sinker, and about... 15 minutes later, I said, you know, hey, whoops. Yeah, I mean, even inside the walls, you still fall for it. If, oh, yeah. if it it's, it's, it's all in the setup. It is easy to forget. All right, Jason Moser, Dave Meyer, Charlie Travers. Guys, thanks for being here. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about. Don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>